Your name is Michelle. You know that you were named for your father, Michael Culloden, and you remember having a mother too, although her face is a blur. She went away when you were three or four, or perhaps she died. You were never told. What you were told over and over again until it became your entire identity was that you were sick. You never learned the name of what you had, but it made those in the house flinch at your touch and even at the sight of you. You were not allowed to visit town with your mother or learn sports outside with your father. You were sick, you were told, and you can make others sick too. Your first few years, what you remember of them, were a flurry of frustration, boredom, and loneliness. You spent countless hours locked in your playpen, struggling to learn to read with nobody to teach you except a servant named Todd, who was always leaving to pick up after someone else, and a maid named Joanna, who was more interested in complaining about her own sickness than helping a child. On the rare occasion you roamed the rest of the house, staff shoved you aside and locked doors in your face to keep you out of their way. Your mother tried to reassure you that everybody was just busy and that tomorrow they would be nicer, but that never happened. And your father, well, he was better than anyone else at pretending you were invisible. You longed to be outside, to meet other people, to be a normal child, but you didn't want to hurt anyone else. Then one day, Joanna told you the news. Your mother Katrina was pregnant. You were going to have a younger brother. In that moment, you felt the heavy layers of loneliness slip off your shoulders. The darkness of the Culloden Manor vanished in the light. A brother. Another child. Someone who would never be too busy for you, whom you could love, and who could love you in return. You immediately began redecorating your room so that it was fit for a baby again, even writing a welcome message on your blackboard with a boy's name you knew your mother liked. And you moved upstairs and made yourself a new bedroom in the attic. But with the news, something changed in the house. Your father went from pretending not to see you to never seeing anyone. All his hours were spent in his office with a lawyer from Aitchison and Bell. Alan, the gardener, started growing some ugly, fast-growing vines at the bases of your new bedroom windows and clapped his gardening shears at you when you complained that they'd soon block your view. Lee, the chef, denied you food more often than you received it, and what you did get was barely more than bread. Joanna began yelling at you for things that made no sense, like using cold water instead of hot, or turning the heater off after your bath. Philip, the hunting instructor, he was always stern with your father about his lessons, but now his temper was taken out on whoever he managed to see first which always happened to be you. You screamed the first time he shoved his gun in your chest and threatened to shoot you for having a no-good layabout parent. But by the fifth time, 
he barely squeaked. Any noise you made only got him madder. Then your mother left, and with her, your unborn baby brother. The devastation felt like a wound opened up in your stomach. Again, you had no one, even more no one than before. You couldn't even run away and look for them because if you left the house, more people might catch your illness. In the days after, things got even worse. Your father emerged from his study and a strange look had appeared in his eyes. It scared you, and it seemed to scare everyone else too. Todd the servant whispered to you that he thought you were in danger and passed you notes that said he'd take you away from this place. But courage wasn't his strong point, and he became too afraid to follow through. He stopped talking to you altogether, and with that, another of your hopes was dashed. With nobody left to help you, to comfort you, to even acknowledge you, you had no choice. You had to confront your father. Maybe to ask him what was wrong. Maybe to demand he bring your mother back. You aren't sure. One night you tiptoed down to his study, but before you climb down the creaky stairs, you realize he's not alone. His lawyer's there, and they're clearly fighting. Inheritance your father is ranting about. Leaving someone out of a will, the lawyer tells him it's impossible to do it that way, that your family needs to be mentioned, even if you're leaving them nothing. Your father explodes, demanding that the lawyer eliminate all legal trace of somebody's existence. Then they won't need to be mentioned in the will. The lawyer says, why is it so important that the world never know you had a daughter? Your heart stops. Your father replies, Have you seen her? She can't even be let outside. We've told her she's ill. It's a hideous deformity, a mistake of birth or genetics. She can never be the Culloden's successor. But with Katrina gone, Michelle is the default. I am not a well man, Alistair. I cannot die knowing that she will inherit all I have worked for when the world cannot even look at her face. You feel nothing as you walk back up the stairs. Your hands, your feet are numb. You don't know all the words you heard, but you understood the important ones. We've told her she's ill. Hideous deformity. You're heading to your room, but you suddenly turn and instead go to your father's, where a full-length mirror hangs on the wall. You don't have a mirror of your own. You've never had one. You're not tall enough for the one in the bathroom. But now, now you look at yourself. You almost scream. This is you. You look nothing like the beautiful women in your books, in the pictures on your walls. You look nothing like your mother. Your eyes are normal, but your jaw is all wrong. It's sunken and uneven, 
and the shape of your mouth is a gaping disfigurement. You never knew. Everyone else in the manor knew, but they never told you. They pretended you were contagious instead. Now you know. Your life has been the misery it is because your parents, your own parents, believed you were too ugly to be seen. They were ashamed of your existence. They must have been just as excited as you were for a new baby. A better baby to replace their broken one. No wonder the staff are horrible to you. They don't see you as human. You're temporary, non-existent to the wider world. Why waste time being nice to a ghost? A rage consumes you. Hate. You've never known true hatred before. Each and every one of them has betrayed you every day of your little life, submitting to your father's twisted, shallow will. They are disgusting. They are horrible. And nobody but you knows it. One night, your father stops feigning your non-existence long enough to grab you by the arm and drag you into his limo. Not the seats. He orders you into the boot. I'll find a lawyer who will actually do the job. He growls. One look at you. But you never make it to the lawyer. Wesley, the driver, lost control of the car. You banged as hard as you could on the back of the seats, but to no avail. The limo crashed, and both Mike and Michelle Culloden were no more. Of course, that isn't quite true. You wake up back in your room, in your house, as if nothing's changed. Only now, the house is empty, all the servants seemingly long gone. A gravestone with your father's name is in the garden. And a strangely dressed man comes by every so often, inviting with him dozens of strangers who paw through your family's belongings, none of whom are able to see you. The man seems harmless enough, but you'd wish he'd go away. And tonight, tonight, when new visitors arrive, you feel something. A connection. You can tell, somehow, that these are Culloden's. And for the first time since the car crash, you get angry. This is the family that rejected you. Why are they here? You scrawl a message on the front of the house. Culloden's keep out. But at the same time, you want them to come closer, to find you here, to get a glimpse of what they've done to you, of all the pain and anguish you had to endure in your short life. You send a piece of yourself to the limo to show these Colodins how you died. You send pieces throughout the house to show them the cruelties of the household. And still, they don't recognize you. So you spell it out for them. You spell out your name and show them the horror that was your father. 
But it's the man who isn't a Culloden who puts it all together. Your family can't even be trusted to read your messages correctly. They can't be trusted to do anything. Well, fine. If they still don't understand what you've been through, they can stay locked in this house forever. For the rest of their lives. Just like you did. Welcome to Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. It is hard to have a very upbeat introduction after that. Danny, what have you done to me? It's so sad. The Cullens are all monstrous people, just terrible. Like, poor, like, it's so sad. What have you done? Like, in a time, like I don't know if you noticed, but go back and listen through that, that monologue if, if you didn't. There's so many little hints to the stuff that's happened in these last 10 episodes that just... Really, like, as I was listening to it, I was like, oh, 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 oh my, oh, that means that, oh, that, oh, that scene that, oh, it's, it's really well put together. <laughs> Every episode, we design a new escape room and we have guests come through and play, solve puzzles and escape. In this episode, we're going to finish the descent of the Culloden's arc. And I'm really excited to get to the end of this. And our guests for this episode are Kyle Akers and Brandon Boone from the No Sleep podcast. Hi, guys. Hello. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Now, I know, Kyle, you have listened through. You're, you're up to date. You are, you are as invested in this mystery as I am. Yeah, I'm, I've listened to as much as I can. Brandon, you hate our show and <laughs> refuse to listen to a second. I <laughs> That's all true. Good. Uh, so, Brandon, you, you've, you've only just discovered us. Kyle has, has, has brought you into the fold, but you yeah, haven't had time to listen yet. And we've had to do a hurried explanation yes. of all of the dark deeds of this season. <laughs> So, so really, if something happens and it seems like Kyle's going, oh, wow, that's just be like... Follow my <laughs> reaction lead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so the two of you are from, uh, you work on the No Sleep podcast. Kyle, you do voice acting and Brandon, you're the composer. Do you want to give us, for people who aren't aware, do you want to give a rundown of, of what, the sh- what that No Sleep podcast is? Yeah, the No Sleep podcast started as just people narrating stories from the No Sleep subreddit, which is all true stories scary people end up it's kind of creepy pasta is what people might call it on the internet it's a mm. weird term but uh and it's evolved since then back then it was just a handful of people picking stories and sending them into david cummings who runs the show out of uh canada and he would compile the episodes and release them and then over time we've got a huge cast of like 30 or 40 voice actors from all over yeah, the world like uh mm. we have three or four people who cut together the episodes we put out 25 episode seasons there's free versions and paid versions the free versions are about an hour the paid versions end up being two or three hours sometimes so it's a whole bunch of content a lot of good stories from authors all over the place it's all pulled together from the internet so it's a cool podcast that shows how people all over the world can work together just like your podcast does yeah it's huge it's really impressive how it's done that and just it's one of those things where you aren't really sure at first if that's the sort of thing that's going to get a huge market, but then everyone is interested in this. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, now, this show, uh, it, 
is spooky enough for this episode, but no. it's it's really it's about puzzles. It's about puzzles and fun. Uh, now, we ask the same questions to all our guests as they come on. Uh, do either of you have any escape room experience coming into this? I have done three escape rooms and then, of course, listen to this podcast. So I think that counts in some ways. Yeah, 53. Yeah, like 53. Like that's fine. So 53 then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We haven't quite got to 50 yet, Danny. Well, Go. we've got more than 50 episodes, but yeah, I have not yet written 50 that's rooms. True. Uh, and Brandon? Uh, Kyle, I hope those... Uh... Broad shoulders are ready to carry me through this because I have done <laughs> zero escape rooms in my life, but I do like a good uh, puzzle. So good. Well, that's all you need, really. Plus, we need the mm. the new eyes to look at it because I might just be thinking about keys and passwords the whole time, and you could come at it with the fresh with a fresh brain. Absolutely, you're free from the restraints of the physical escape room world, so you can really <laughs> solve all the impossible. physically and logistically puzzles that I throw at you. This show is not just escape rooms. It's escape rooms as a tabletop role-playing game. Do either of you have any experience with tabletop role-playing? Yeah, I was a DM for a long time, Dungeons and Dragons, and I play uh, some other RPG-style tabletop board games right now. So Nice. Nice. Kind of done that my whole life, basically. And Brandon? Uh, Once again, (laughs) nothing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't leave this room but, very often. That's my problem. I'm stuck in here a lot of the time. Um, okay. Well, Danny. Okay, we've we've been laughing and smiling. And yeah, we got to get back much. into the somberness put your of, frowns on. of incredibly bad mistreatment of a ghost girl. My one uh, note to make before starting: normally, I tell people to just draw a big rectangle because that'll be the basis of the map. Don't do that for this episode. This map and what you need to draw for it will unfold a little bit as you go. Bill hangs up his phone and turns to look at all of you, all the coloured and descendants he's gathered into one place. He's smiling, but it's the sort of strained, panicky smile like a grown-up gets when a child unexpectedly asks them where babies come from. Uh, so that was, was Matt, Neil and Jeff, and th- there's nothing to worry about. But they may be being held prisoner in the manor by the ghost of a girl named Michelle who nobody knew existed until just now. The other Culloden's look taken aback before going, Ah. Like, it all makes sense now to them in retrospect. It doesn't make sense to you. You haven't been in the manor. Bill continues. I think it's quite clear now what the ghost's unfinished business is. Her family wiped her out of existence and the household staff helped. She's sensed that you're her relatives and is out for revenge. What needs to be done is to calm her spirit, to make it realise we understand that she was wronged by those closest to her and ask for her forgiveness. Now, I know I've had trouble getting inside the manor, but I'm hoping that Michelle is distracted enough by keeping her prisoners that she won't notice me enter. I dragged you into this and I'll get you out. Wait, he's going to do this himself? And leave you to be the only Culloden's who didn't get to take on the family ghost? That's not fair. That's like stealing a rite of passage from you. Worse, what if you get a smaller share of the inheritance because you didn't risk your lives facing the haunted house and the others resent you for it? You stick up your hands and insist on going with him. He must be able to see how serious you are because he doesn't refuse. Sure enough, when you approach the Culloden Manor's front door together... Nothing stops Bill from entering. Good, the ghost has other things on her plate. Now, 
where do people put things or children that they don't want seen? What do you think? Basement. Cellars. Yeah. Basement cellar, yeah. Attic. Yeah. You, you already know what's in the basement. You, you've... That was Mike Culloden's office. Yeah, but the attic. No one's been to the attic. You head up as many stairs as you can until you come face to face with a door to an attic. You open it, climb up another very short staircase, like three stairs, and you're caught a little bit off guard by your surroundings. There's nothing in here. It's a bare room, except each wall has a door. There's the one you came through in the east wall, which is blank. To your right in the north wall, there's a door with a mirror on it. Opposite you, there's a door with a painted picture of an ice cream cone. And on the south wall is a carving of a weather vane. Okay. You get the feeling this isn't a normal room. You might just have to pick a door and do your best to calm Michelle down. <laughs> well, if we go in order of the episodes, it'd be mirror first. Or of the, or in order of the ghosts that we've met. Bill's in the room as well, isn't he? Yeah. So... Oh, I'm here with you. Hello. Uh, is there anything special about the doors other than just what's on them? You can walk up to them and there doesn't seem to be anything remarkable about them. No locks keeping them shut or anything like that. They seem like they will open just fine. Uh, well, Brandon, I say we head let's to the mirror door. Mirror. Yeah, let's do it. Start at the top. You open the door with a mirror on it and step inside a new room. It's about the same size as the last. There are doors in the west, south, and east walls of this room. So you came through the south wall and your door is blank. The west door has a picture of a clock on it and the east has an envelope. This room is not empty though. Inside it, there is one thing sitting in the middle of the floor. It's a large wooden box painted in quite bright colours to look like a car. Can we look at the box, inspect the box? Yeah, it's it's almost a perfect cube. It's about thigh high and it's not exactly realistic, but it's clear enough. You can tell what it's supposed to look like and it's quite detailed. You can see that there's a painted interior. You can see little details in there like a radio, a speedometer, a fuel gauge. You can also see that this box has a three-digit lock on the outside. So you suppose that it actually opens. Okay, okay. I usually use keys for my cars, but three digits is fine. Uh, and then anything special on the doors other than the clock and the envelope? No, again, they seem perfectly normal. Well, we don't have anything to put into this lock, so we just got to try another door, right? There's nothing else in the room to inspect. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. Clock? Yeah, why not? You head through the door with a clock on it. And again, another room about the same size. Only two doors this time. So the one you came through has a picture of a mirror on it. And there's one in the south wall with a picture of an ice cream on it. There is, again, one object in this room, right in the middle of the floor. A hunting rifle. We want to inspect that rifle, right? Oh, you know we do. <laughs> you very carefully pick up this hunting <laughs> rifle. <laughs> Bill doing exactly what he did in the playtest. <laughs> pretend to shoot it at a bunch of things. <laughs> yeah, Point pretend. Right Kyle's face. Kyle, duck! Ah! That's exactly what he did in the playtest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he's joking. Well, anyway, you pick up this rifle, you look it over. It looks like it's in proper working order. It's full of ammunition. And on one side of it, you see that there's a bit of a funny serial code engraved into it. 
Um, it's two, then a little x, then a five. So two x five. Then just a vertical, uh, a long vertical line. Then two x fifty. Two x five line break. Two x fifty. Exactly. Mm. So if that's math, it'd be, or maths, uh, <laughs> it'd be 10 and 100, 10 vertical 100, but it might not be that. You have to do this equation before you're able to buy the gun. That's what it's from, right? <laughs> <laughs> Simple. I'd be intrigued by that. <laughs> uh, nothing else in Just, the room. No, that's it. My only question with the, with the backstory of everything, with Kyle, you would know more than me. Um, is it would it matter at all if we knew who this gun belonged to? Is there any character from the house that was a hunter or anything? It, it remi- the rifle that we found in the in the game room in episode three belonged to Mike Culloden, I believe. Okay, who had a hunting instructor, right? Yes, Philip Ho, the hunting instructor, who was trapped inside a clock. Who just was trapped like inside the doors a clock. of this room, much like the doors of this room, and the mirror. The mirror had the car in it, and the car was the where it. the ghost was trapped in the mirror. Indeed. Just Wesley Wells. Yep. So wait, does this mean the next room is going to be full of ice cream? Let's find out. Maybe. Let's find <laughs> out. I've always got a spoon with me, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we go through the ice cream door? You open the door to the ice cream room, you hope. Uh, again, there are three doors in here, the one you came through. And then on the south wall, there's one with a picture of a heater. The one you came through is a picture of a clock. And the one to the east is blank. Now, inside this room, I'm so sorry, it's not ice cream. Right in the middle of the room, where it really doesn't look like it belongs, there's an oven. An oven. All right. Uh, okay. Is it hooked up to anything? I mean... It doesn't look like it can be, but again, you're in a house of ghosts. Who knows? A non-functioning oven in the middle of an ice cream room with no ice cream in it. At the moment, you look at it and it's definitely off. It's not like producing magical ghost heat. Uh, the door to it seems to be locked. It doesn't have a lock on it, but you pull on the door to the oven and it's just not opening. Interesting. But that's a bit of a shame because you can see through the door. There is a tray of some pretty delicious-looking lamb in there. A tray of lamb in the... Mm. Is it cooked lamb? Looks like it. But the oven doesn't work. Yes. Are there knobs or anything on it that we can twist and turn? Yeah, there are. So there are three dials at the top. There's one for temperature, one for time, and there's one that you aren't really sure about. It's got letters, A to F, they might be different heat settings, grill settings. You can't really tell. It doesn't say. Temp and time. Is there anything special about the numbers of the temperature and time? Or is it just... No, they look normal. Of course, everything is just set to off at the moment. Hmm. Now, this might not matter, but is it Celsius or Fahrenheit? I deliberately didn't say. Kelvin. Perfect. <laughs> not Kelvin. That will be absurd. <laughs> My numbers will not work for that. But the temperatures would be like three digits? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, two times 2x5 and 2x50, I, I don't know if that has anything to do with this. And we don't have like an A to F letter here. Yeah. Mm. I do not think we have any the information we need yet for this oven. I agree. More doors. Should we, yeah. Should we just keep going through doors? Keep learning about this 
creepy attic yeah. with uh, all kinds of sub doors, sub rooms. I do have a question about the game in general. Is there <laughs> like is there a risk factor? Like if we choose a door and we go through it, can something stop us from continuing or nah, am I going to get fine. killed? No. All right. Well, well, I mean, that's up to know. you, really. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, we already oh, have a oh, gun in an oven. Oh, Bill's I just going to kill us. Like, if you find a way to turn on that oven and you decide to jump in, there's not really much I can do about that. I'll tell you what. If you die in this room, we'll let you come back as a ghost to continue solving <laughs> the puzzles. You'll have unfinished business. Yeah, I would definitely want to do that. Just to know what the afterlife's like. It's true. Mm. I say we heater door. Let's do it. Yeah. You open the heater door. Oh, yeah. This one may have been a mistake. Um, look, this is this is the haunted house room. So let's let's start with the okay bits. So, besides the door you came through, there's one other door on the east wall. It has a weather vane drawn on it, and. Coming from somewhere in the room, it's a bit hard to tell where, but just from the room in general, there's kind of a sick, snuffling sort of noise, like someone's got a blocked nose. The floor here has absolutely nothing on it. So now we've got to get to the bad part. The walls are dripping blood. Oh, okay. Kind of a slow but steady drip until like that sick, snuffly voice sneezes, echoes throughout the room, and then the blood just comes rushing down. It's, oh, it's horrible. Well, I'll just wait out here in this ice cream room. <laughs> you guys go and explore. No, Bill, come on in. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't possibly intrude, please. <laughs> uh, okay, super gross. Nothing on the floor, sniffling noise. In here. Anything we can see under the blood or, I mean, behind the blood sounds weird or... You want to wipe away the blood, Kyle? Uh, no, I don't really want to wipe any of the... No, that's a good call. <laughs> I mean, you know, my gut reaction is to just leave the dripping wall blood room alone for the moment. Yeah, I'm all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go back in or through the weather vane? Uh, I think, yeah, I think weather room. Okay. You don't, you don't, want, you don't want to go back to the blank it. door just so we can at least cross off the ice cream room? <laughs> or I'm sorry, the, the oven room? That's easy enough. If you open the blank door... It takes you back to the beginning room that you started in. Oh, right. Okay. Then we sprint through the snotty blood room into the weather vane room. Mm-hmm. Yep. Understood. I think if I remember my geography correctly, Bill just walks south from the main room through the weather vane door that's in the, in the, in the starting room. It doesn't <laughs> you, didn't want to, you didn't want to sprint through the sneezing <laughs> blood room with us? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that is the same room. Okay. There we go. All right. We are earning this inheritance. <laughs> I just slid across all the like snotty blood that eventually Whee! went to the floor into the weather vane room. Just just to emphasize the magic of this room, none of the blood is actually hitting the floor. It's just going down the walls and then like it's on a rotation, it'll cycle back to the top. <laughs> oh, okay. So I tried to slide and I did it and I just fell, mm. which is not as cool. <laughs> Face first into the bloody room. <laughs> so, so cyclical finally, bloody walls. Okay. Yeah, you finally get to the weather vane room and... This one, not nearly as scary. It's the most full room that you've been in so far. There's actually a lot of stuff in here. There are two other doors besides the one that you just came through. The north door is blank. So presumably going back to that center room. And the east door has a picture of a sheet on it. 
you take one step into this room before you hear and feel a crunch under your foot. At first you think it's sand, but on closer inspection, it's seeds. The whole floor is littered with tiny, tiny seeds. I mean, okay. Over against the south wall, there are several potted plants all clustered together. There's also a window over there, but there's a thick vine curled over it so you can't see through. Finally, there's one other plant, bigger than all of the others, standing right beside the north door. Is there anything in that uh, vase? What, what kind of plant is in that vase there by the door? The one by the door, I mean, your botanical knowledge is a little bit limited, so you can just tell. Big plant. Big plant. Like taller than, taller than a human? A little bit. Okay. It's, it's sitting, yeah, in a floor pot, but there doesn't seem to be anything but soil inside that floor pot. The other plants, for what it's worth, even with your small plant knowledge, you can tell they are spider plants. So they're not, very, they're not that big, but, you know, they've all got that sort of spindly, spider planty frondiness. Those are plant words. Yeah, frond, frondness. Yeah. I'm very fond of them. Uh, yeah. How many spider plants are there? Ooh, I can answer that. Um, <laughs> I should hope so. There are 15 plants all together in here. Well, 15 plants all together? So not just the spider plants. That's including the big one and the vine and things like that? Or I don't know if the vine counts. Okay. But, yeah, so I guess 14 spider plants, one big plant. Cool. It's... It's kind of odd. Like, obviously, the one by the door is a different type, but, I mean, why is it so separate from the others? Like, the rest are all really in a clump together, and that one is just as far away from the others as possible. Also, when you get up close to take more of a look at these spider plants, you notice that against the wall that they are covering up, there are two more small windows splattered with dirt. Are there vines outside those windows? No, and the vine is on the inside of this window. Oh, the vine's on the inside. Yeah, ghost magic, you guess. You can't see how it's stuck in place. All right. And we, can we move those vines at all? It's, it, so it's just one single thick vine, and it's really solid. Pulling on it doesn't seem to work. Need a machete. And so that, but that's a separate window than the one that was just found. Right, so behind the spider plants, yeah. So now there are two three windows, unvined windows, but that are just covered in mud, yeah, and dirt. So exactly. we want to wipe that mud away. Yeah, can we wipe that mud away? Um, you give it a try, but it's very dry and caked on. It doesn't seem like it wants to come off easily. Maybe we need to and get it wet. Your mouths are so dry from terror that <laughs> you can't spit on them. Sure, no, that makes sense. We just came out of a sneezing blood room. That's definitely spot on. Uh huh. So these spider plants are in front of these windows. Are, are they blocking them or are they lower than them? No, these are very, well, they were sort of in the way of them, but these are very small, lightweight plants. You'd have no trouble moving them aside. Got you. Can we move Even the, the big e plant? Is that? Yeah, you can shove it around a bit. It's a bit hard to pick up, but you can push it for sure. Hmm. When you say that there are seeds covering the ground, so we can't see the floor of this room. Hmm. Oh, yeah, you can, okay. but. There's just, it's covered in seeds. It's like a small child just grabbed a bag full of seeds and emptied them out here. Oh, I was hoping for some magic numbers hidden under these seeds. All right. Yeah. Just count how many seeds there are. <laughs> Is it crazy? How many seeds are there? 47,000. <laughs> Is it crazy to, that I kind of want to break these windows? Should we not be doing that in this house? Probably not. Okay. Yeah, breaking is not usually the answer unless it's very well telegraphed. Okay. 
Those are antique windows. Well, Bill's Please don't break them. To break they haven't made gun. glass like that in a hundred years. <laughs> All right. Do you want to try to move these plants out of the way? See if there's anything else around this wall. Yes. You successfully shove some plants aside, put them in a formation that's more pleasing to you, but you don't notice anything new. Mm, so we just redecorated. All right. Well, we're doing them a service at least. Yeah. We do know that this one big plant is out of the way of these small spider plants. So mm -hmm. what if what if we move that plant over to buy the spider plants just to see if there's some reason they're apart? You move it over towards the spider plants and it seems like for the most part, they're just plants. Nothing really seems to happen. But for the spider plant that's closest to it, if you get in super, super close, it almost looks like the leaves are starting to shrivel the tiniest, tiniest bit. Like maybe, I don't know, the big plant exudes some sort of chemical that doesn't interact well with the spider plants. So we want to put that plant by the vine, right? It doesn't seem to have any effect on the vine, sadly. Well, come on. Come it doesn't on, work plant. on the vine. Do your job. <laughs> You're the plant killing plant. Know your role. <laughs> Stay in your lane, plant. Would there be any reason we'd want to just kill all the spider plants? I, I mean, that seems abrupt. It seemed like a very subtle reaction. Vengeance. Yeah, it seemed like a very subtle reaction that was happening. It would take forever for it to actually kill oh, them. Oh, okay. Well, we still have the gun, though. Kill them that way. <laughs> yeah, if you really want these spider plants to die. Murder the spider plants. You okay, salt. we got seeds. We got you plants. Salt. We got windows. My thought on the windows is we need to, if the, if the mud is dry and caked, if we can get it wet, maybe that can let us wipe it away and see what's mm. out there. That's kind of the only thing that I've got right now in here. Brandon, do you have any other thoughts on this That's room? That's all I can think about. Yeah, there's, uh, unless there's, we can, we just, I think we need to find something else in another room that will get this vine out of the way. You're worried about the mud. I'm worried about this vine. Cool. Okay. okay. We've got our own duties. Yep. Yep. Everything you um, should be worried about. <laughs> Still worried about the blood room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're both very concerned with that. So I would say let's check out the sheet room. Yep, let's do that sheet. Learn more about this creepy attic. You open the door to the sheet room. No other doors to this one, just the one that you came through. That is a very, very good thing because even though the room is kind of dim, you can see clearly that there is an enormous gaping pit in the middle of the floor here. Oh, um, we, can we look in the pit? With very small steps, you shuffle towards this pit. I let Kyle look in the and, pit. And uh, um, it's not great. <laughs> um, you lean over to look into it. There's a giant spider web and there are dozens and dozens of big fat spiders in there. Uh, does it go down to the floor below? You cannot see the bottom of this pit. Okay. You just want to throw all those plants in there? <laughs> <laughs> spiders with spiders, right? Is there anything else on the walls or around? No, Is the floor not. sturdy other than this pit? Yeah, it seems to be. It's quite by design that this pit was here, it seems. Okay. Hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm about to do the thing that you said everyone would do, but this seems like a stretch, but if the big <laughs> plant kills spider plants or spider plants react to it, Maybe the spiders react to the big plant as well because they both have the name spider in them. That's why it feels like a stretch is like a spider plant and a real spider might not have anything to do with each other. So what are you going to do? Throw, throw that big plant in there. <laughs> bring the, bring the, big big, the spider plant, scary plant, the big plant from the other room <laughs> in and put it by the spiders, by the spider webs. Right. It takes 
two, maybe all three of you to push this big plant all the way. Oh, I don't think we uh, we established it in any earlier episodes, but Bill the Historian is seven feet tall and like 200 kilos of pure muscle. So he just picks the plant up. Oh, we oh, have gotcha. the mountain with one hand. Yeah, it never came up in earlier episodes, but he's huge. He's, he's... <laughs> and yet he couldn't open any of the doors. <laughs> that implies just how strong those ghosts were. Yeah. All right, so... I want Bill to rip the vine off that wall. It was bare You shove and or lift the big plant through the door and you push it as close to the deep pit as you can. It looms over the edge almost like it's about to tip, and it casts a shadow over the spider web. All of the spiders freeze, and then they scatter. Some of them make it to the walls and climb down. Others just jump, but they all disappear into the depths of this pit. <laughs> and now the spider web is empty. Well, the spiders are gone. <laughs> now what's the point? Yeah. And again, the <laughs> one time you said, <laughs> this is probably not going to work, but... Right, right. Of course that was the time. Can we use our seven foot tall, 200 kilo friend to clear away the spider webs? He's shrunk down now that he's no longer angry. <laughs> oh, okay. You're, you've de-hulked. Mm. Yeah. Um, this one big spider web, it's quite a way down into the pit. So you probably don't want to just jump in. It's, yeah, the spiders would probably come back if something like you landed in their web. Okay. So we have it a spider-free spider web in a pit. Progress. Progress. Yeah, this is very much like a point-and-click one. You are clearly getting your point score yeah, racked exactly. up, but it's how did this let you get to the end easier? Yeah, I have a chicken with a pulley. I don't know what to do with it. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> the only other room I think right now that we know about is the envelope room. Uh, is that worth right. checking out? I guess so. Now? Let's go back and... Nah, it's a red herring. <laughs> <laughs> no, just don't even check that room out. We'll, we'll leave that room alone. you backtrack a little bit you can skip the blood room if you so choose and you make your way back to the envelope room so to get to that one you had to come through the mirror room and you can see one more door now on the wall opposite you with a picture of a treasure chest on it however this room has way more exciting things in it than just a treasure chest door so attached to one of the walls there's a payphone but all over the floor, there are piles of money. Nice. Piles of money? Uh, mm-hmm. Bills change everything? Gold? Bit of everything. So there's a whole bunch of denominations, all the banknotes you can think of, some more current than others. When you look at the banknotes, um, or oh, I don't know if American money does this, um, each one has like a semi-transparent section. I feel like this is a plastic notes yeah, thing. Yeah, we don't do that. Yeah, it's a little you, security you guys, Canada yeah. and England do that. Yeah, so each one has this semi-transparent section, which is yeah, a security window. Apparently that's something I've to do with I've just used that term. It sounded right. Yeah, authenticity checking is better done on clear stuff. Duh. Um, but each of these clear things has a slight picture imprinted on it. Normally on banknotes, these are identical, but here every denomination's picture seems a little bit different. There's no clear image on any of them, though. They're just sort of lines. But yeah, each denomination, slightly different. How many denominations are there? As many as you want there to be. Okay, so that's relevant. So do you think there's anything in these so little security the... checks? Those little so, yeah, you said it's a bunch of lines? Yeah, it's kind of weird. So you've just got this clear plastic section on each note with... Just a certain little design of lines. I kind of want to like take a bunch of them and overlap and see if it does anything. 
forms information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you want to try that with exactly? Ooh, uh, Brandon, I have an idea. Mm -hmm. Can we try two fives and two fifties? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> From the gun serial card. From the yes. gun serial number two X five and two X fifty. You take two fives and two fifties and you stack them perfectly on top of each other, and those clear window images do line up to form a picture. It's yeah! In. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a branch with two hands pressed up against it. Something about them doesn't look quite right, and it takes you a minute of looking at it, but eventually you realise it's because both of the hands on this picture are left hands. I get it. Doesn't look quite right. <laughs> Yikes. Oh. <laughs> two left hands on a on a tree branch yeah okay. i wonder if that's the vine the big vine maybe if we both used Ooh, our left hand to like push that. or move the vine maybe uh okay can can we look at the phone yeah this this is an expensive pay phone you can just tell so there's the place to insert coins there's also a slot to insert notes but just from looking at it it doesn't, like, the, the coin slot doesn't say how much you need to insert. Is there a coin in the, like, a return slot or anything? There is, but it doesn't work. Okay. Or it does work perfectly as intended, and there's just nothing to return. Do you want to put two fives and two fifties into this payphone? I mean, if there's infinite money in here, yeah, might as well. <laughs> make a, make a $110 phone call. M might as well it's in my <laughs> pockets, of course. You stick that amount of money in and you see if it does anything. You pick up the receiver. There's no sound. And eventually you see the money ejects itself. But you do notice that there's something etched into the mouthpiece of this phone. There are some words. Spiders plus plants plus doors. This is carved into the mouse mouthpiece? Yeah. Spiders plus plants plus doors. Oh, so we need to get to the we need to get the spiders into the plant room. We did a we did a whoopsie, I think. Do we need to get the spiders from the pit room into the spider plant room? Or do we count? Is this a is this an addition? Is this a number of spiders and number of plants and numbers of doors? Ooh, maybe. Well, we don't know how many spiders there are because they all ran away. So. First order of business is putting that plant back, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just reload your saved game from before that. <laughs> you go back to the, to the room with the pit in it <laughs> and you pull the big plant away from the edge so it's no longer casting a shadow over the pit and the spiders slowly trickle back. How creepy but nice of them. Can we count <laughs> the spiders? It takes a while because they're moving, but with the three of you working together, you think you count 60 spiders. That's so many. Yeah, then you put the plant right back. Yeah, yeah, get those out of there. Yeah. And we know there's 15 plants. Mm-hmm. And then doors. Uh, I guess we need to check out this treasure room door first in case, yeah, there's, more in case there's more doors, doors in there. Mm, good plan. So can mm -hmm. we head back to the envelope room and check out that treasure door? Yeah, so you open that treasure chest door, you head into the room, this one is completely bare. There are no other doors, no windows, no objects. But there is a sound. In a far corner, you hear a quiet sob. Oh, God. Can we see what it's coming from? You definitely can't, but it very much sounds like a young girl. Right. So this is where she was, presumably. 
Mm. Yeah, you can you can hear her, you can hear her breathing, but you can't see her. And if she can hear or see you, doesn't show any signs of it. Okay, I was about to start talking to her. Yeah, well, but she isn't listening. For all the jokes we made this whole time, now I'm sad again. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> lost all that adrenaline from solving the notes. <laughs> and I'm just going to take my money and leave. <laughs> well, that that's the thing. We're stupidly wealthy now, so at least there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no way we can, we can't, we don't want to, we can't like interact with this little girl. Or the, the sound You can try, but I don't know, she just doesn't seem to be communicating with you or able to communicate with you it's hard to say maybe it's just part of the ghost thing maybe it's you know i don't know she's been the invisible one in her family for so long that she's just unseen and unresponsive do we just try saying michelle and then see if she says anything yeah, still nothing mm. all right well, she's gonna know that people see her soon we're gonna do this for you michelle that's right i i pour out a little bit of my flask for Michelle here. I give her fifteen dollars <laughs> and leave the room. I press F. To pay <laughs> Only fifteen dollars. You had a pile of infinite money and you gave her fifteen dollars. That's a lot of money for a five-year-old. <laughs> so specific. Okay, Danny, I want to do one thing for you specifically. I want to make sure we go back to the middle, the blank room, and check out the door we came in. Aw, that's so nice. <laughs> it is a door. And there is nothing interesting about it. You, oh my gosh. Nine episodes of always putting something on the door you come in. But instead, this room, I just made it. I, I made the entire room made of doors. It's all doors. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can ignore them now. Okay, so we got to count doors. Um, my, ma my drawing of this map is a nightmare. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I count 11 doors. I do as well. So do I. Okay, we got two 11s. So we have 60 spiders, which is right. way too many spiders. We have 15 mm -hmm. plants 15 and 11 plants. doors. So we know 86, so we want to go press 86 on the phone and see if anything happens. 86? Yeah. Nothing happens when you dial 86. Uh, we have, okay, we have a three because digit we have the numbers the 86. car, unless it's 601511. No, you you were good with the 86. Okay. Oh, what about mm, the dials on the oven with temperature 86? Doesn't make a lot of sense on the temperature, but I'll get know. in trouble if I don't try it. Nah. Uh, it was definitely etched into the phone. Yeah, you did find it etched in the phone, but so dial 86. I put $86 into the phone. Yeah. One expensive phone call? Cheaper than our first phone call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were so prepared to do 110. 86 is a bargain. Yeah, we saved it. Is, yeah, it's a real deal. Uh, in your hand, the phone rings, which is kind of weird, but you hold the receiver up to your ear, and after a second, a robotic voice comes through. The best cure is a meal of meat swirled thrice in its own juices. So we need that lamb meat to feed to this phone? This phone's weird. So the thing I think of when I hear cure is that we have a sneezing blood room. That's uh, certainly not healthy. Well, I know it's not going to cure Michelle, so let's try the blood room. Yeah. We can't move that oven, right? Is that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we, have we didn't specify earlier, but Bill is actually 10 feet tall <laughs> and, uh, and 400 kilos of pure muscle. 
but he can't get into the room with the oven now. <laughs> He's too big. <laughs> can't fit through the door. Bill is a monster and stuck in the oven room. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they wouldn't let him in the house. <laughs> so we need to get this meat out of the oven and bring it into the blood room. And we've got dials on the oven because the oven's locked. Okay. How do we open this oven? Uh, when we look in the door, are there its own juices? Yeah, it was it was sitting in a tray, and mm. if you peek really hard, you think that it's sitting in some lamb juices. Lamb juices. Okay. <laughs> so the, the three dials are, one is temperature, one is time, and one is just the alphabet? Yeah. Okay. We've got crunchy seeds. We've used the plants. You think the plant room's done? Do you want to go put our hands on that vine? Oh, yeah, we got the left-hand thing. That's a great call. <laughs> Can we go uh, to the vine in front of the window and both of us put our left hand on there? Bill, you stay out of this. Well, actually, <laughs> it wasn't mentioned in earlier episodes, but Bill has a hook for a hand on his left arm, so he can't do it. Oh, so you couldn't even... I thought you were Bill has two right hands, so he's Yeah, that's no what help. I thought you were going with. <laughs> <laughs> well... With two, your only two functioning left hands out of your trio, you push against what you would guess are the weakest parts of the vine, and just like that, it snaps hard into three pieces, which drop to the floor. And now you can see the window, and there's a word written on it. The word, drink. All right, Kyle, you gotta go drink that snot blood. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, all right, Bill, you gotta go drink that snot blood. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, uh, Brandon, you uh, gotta go drink that snot blood. I'm already doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Been waiting this whole time. So now, do you still want to try to get the? So if we have uh, drink on the window, do you think there are other clues on these other two windows that associate with that? Probably. Let's find some water. Yeah, that that would make sense. Is there anything special about the things that the vines broke into? The little pieces that it broke into? No. Okay, so we've got a rifle filled with ammo. Yes. That. Yeah, I still don't know what to do with that unless we just shoot the oven a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that telegraphed enough to shoot the oven? <laughs> Probably not. I, I do have an action here if you shoot something, so you're welcome to try and I can tell you what happens. All right, can I grab the rifle and shoot Bill? I mean, the floor. <laughs> you prepare yourself for the recoil, but when you pull the trigger... It's actually, it's more the loudness than any recoil that gets to you. There was no air protection in here at all. You look to see if you've blown a hole through the floor, but there's nothing. All right, pull all the bullets out. Abs now, there's absolutely nothing. There is no sign of damage anywhere. And when you go to check the ammunition, it's full. So it's a magic gun. Loudness gun. But we can't take the bullets out? Do you think there's like a message on the shells or anything? You take the bullets out, and there seems to be nothing remarkable about them, except if they just sort of stay in your hand for a while, eventually they seem to vanish and appear back in the gun. This gun spooky. is pretty cool. So we've got, we've got Michelle's ghost who can't hear or interact with us. Maybe this would be loud enough for her to hear us if we went and shot it you off in the treasure room. You the ghost girl's room? Not at her. Blow her ghost <laughs> eardrums out. I, I, don't, I scare the hell out of her. I want to deafen Got it. Let's shoot the girl. Okay, let like Kyle go shoot the ghost girl. That might traumatize her. Wait, hold on. I, I'm kind of walking back on this now. 
Uh, but you know what? I'm filthy rich now with all this infinite money that we have in the envelope room. So, uh, you're gonna leave. I mean, I well, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> so, well, there are still some other Culladans locked in another room in the house. Yes, yeah, so there are Culladans that this ghost has trapped and locked away. Oh, that's true. Okay, well, is there anything else that would benefit from loud noises? Loud noise of the gun was just flavor text. Guns allowed. Got you. Got you. All right. So we still have that three-digit lock car box. We don't have anything for that, do we? We don't. We don't have any numbers right now. Unless the best cure meets world three times. I don't I don't think there's a number out of that. Do we have anything we can do to try to get the temperature, time, and letter here with this oven? Mm, yeah, you find yourself needing some 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 numbers and symbols that you haven't found anywhere yet. Yeah. Is there is there anywhere in this set of rooms where we might be able to source some numbers or symbols. Anything we haven't looked at yet. Hmm. Well, the blank room, we just kind of looked at the doors. I don't know if there's anything worth checking out in there again. Uh, but the sniffling noise room, we kind of just ran away from. So <laughs> maybe we should go back in there and, what, wipe the blood? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, I'll be brave. I'll, I'll, I'll wipe some blood away from the walls. This is obviously the last thing that you want to do, but you go into the blood room and you touch the bloody wall. The redness of it does not come off on your fingers. You, you feel the wetness, but it doesn't come off. Water does. The blood is just like an illusion. It's just water. Right. So if you had decided to drink the blood, you would have been fine. Oh, it was nice the whole time. Wow. Now we need okay, a Okay, well, my thought would be... Can can we just use our hands to cup some water on our hands and then get the dry and caked dirt muddy again? You're not that far away from the weather vane room, so you do your best. You get some handfuls of the fake blood water and you carry it over there. You duck past the plants, you get to the windows, and you wipe your hands all over them. And with this water, the dirt peels off. It drips down, and there are indeed words on these windows as well. One of them says hot, and one of them says seeds. So we need to drink hot seeds? Hmm. hmm. All right, well, I pick up some seeds and put them in my pocket, I guess, for now. Because I know I'm going to sure. drink these bad boys at some point. Yeah, they are decidedly not hot and not a drink. What is the temperature of the blood water? Room temperature? Yeah. So how do we heat up the water? Heat up the... So we've got an oven. If we... There's really we... just one thing that you haven't sort of observed the way it needs to be observed, and then you'll crack this whole case wide open. Okay, great. Did we... We we looked inside the car box, like the windows, to see that it had stuff on the inside. Was there anything under the car box or anything else special about the car box in the mirror room? The big thing that you noticed about that mirror room and that car box was that it was decorated to look like a car outside and in so yeah you could see some very specific details and what's the speedometer at in that car yeah the the speedo is at 40 what about the whatever you call the rpm monitor uh that one's not doing anything you the others that you saw there was a radio and a fuel gauge what's the radio channel it's set to channel 202 <laughs> Is the well, fuel gauge on 
E or F? It is right on E for empty. Hey, yo. did it, Kyle. <laughs> All right. Brand, Brandon, I, I think we're about to crack this right open. So we want to set the temperature <laughs> to 202, the timer to 40, and the Which I grant is pretty low for Fahrenheit, but... Good, good Celsius. Celsius. <laughs> Celsius would be great, but 200 could be if you wanted to keep the lamb warm. I think it works. Good point. That's true. It's a slow cooker. I'm a genius. <laughs> low, low and slow for this That's lamb. Right. Yeah, so let's do what Brandon said there. Uh, time at 40, temp at 202, and the A to F on E. Okay, so the oven doesn't turn on, but the door does unlock. I eat the lamb. Great. I'm stuck. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we need that. <laughs> When you touch the lamb, it does turn into blood. <laughs> it vanishes from my stomach back onto the tray. Uh, if you you try to get a bite of the lamb, and you can, but ghost lamb just isn't as good as real lamb. So if we need to swirl the meat three times, do we just spin the leg in its own meat three times? Uh, if you try to do that, the lamb itself won't move, but the juices will definitely yeah, swirl I around it. Can we pull this pretty hot tray out of the oven and take it into the blood room? It's certainly moderately warm. The The oven isn't hot, so you're totally fine. Well, I mean, okay. Bill's got a hook for his left hand. That can probably deal with the heat pretty well. <laughs> Bill hooks the tray. Is his right hand a <laughs> oven mitt, just in case? Yeah, we didn't establish it in the first nine episodes, but he's always wearing <laughs> oven mitts. Man, there's a lot of backstory for Bill that we need to figure out. You know, nobody asked. Nobody ever said, is Bill wearing oven mitts? Does Bill have two hands? <laughs> No Does he have a consistent height and weight? <laughs> so we're going to go swirl this meat in that blood room, right? All right. You take the <laughs> lamb to the blood room. That's definitely a new sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you, you take the lamb to the blood room and like the phone operator told you to do, you swirl it around three times. The sniffling noise stops, but the dripping blood does not. In fact, it seems to move faster. The blood flows to the floor now like it wasn't doing before and it seems to be moving towards you. It's creating curled tendrils and weird shapes. But before it can touch you, it freezes in place. And all of a sudden, the tray you're holding becomes lighter. The huge piece of lamb vanishes into thin air, leaving just the juices behind. Then from the walls, you hear a voice speak. Oh, try to speak. Um, every syllable is punctuated by coughs, so it's really hard to understand. Of, uh, on, uh, wa, uh, ni, uh, fi, uh, a. <laughs> wa, ni, fi, a. So, of, on would just be oven, right? I feel like fi is fire. That's what I thought. Maybe we have to scramble these around, too. So we've got some syllables. I feel like oven and fire, for sure, because we just had an oven. What if it's just the first half of, like, what if the coughs are the other syllable of all these words? So you think of, hmm, that makes this way harder. Yeah, that does make it harder. And like, what? What would start with on? On. This is just on, like oven on. Oven on. Water night, find Abigail. Uh, thing, Abigail. Yep. Got it. Okay, so we got it. So what do we do with that sentence? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the I'm trying to figure out if it is we take these syllables and put them together, arrange them, 
or if we have to complete them or if let's see she was i wonder if there's anything about the room she was sick and she we cured her does that have anything to do with this that we is... need to drink hot seeds so what if what if this is leading towards that in some way and like like you said the fire fire and avon so that last syllable was definitely a distinct a sound not just an uh um, oh okay Fire. Yeah. And there were pauses. You were right, because there were pauses in between. It wasn't of on one knife IA. Yeah. Was... Yeah, Bill, you're in the room. Why aren't you helping? God. Um, you know, I'm Bill's bad at escape rooms. Well, yeah, I think I think I think it sounded right where you were going before, right? Because there were gaps between each of those syllables. It was of blank, on blank, wa blank, no, well not blank, but like there were there were coughs in there. So what could those maybe maybe there is something you can fill in there? Uh, wa could be like was or water. Well, water makes like we we need water to uh, to drink hot seeds to drink these seeds. <laughs> but if that if that if you were right with how it started, as oven on something was so, then how do how could the rest of that sentence go? Because water wouldn't really make sense there. I can't put this oven on water well it's a kind of a weird ghost oven <laughs> true stranger <laughs> things have happened yeah this is a a little stumped on this one does bill also have one eye <laughs> uh, he's got three actually <laughs> Damn. two 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 in his head and one in his bedroom at home <laughs> What if it's, what if it's not W A but W H A? So if it's like what or what one, where, where when, what wonderful, one, two, three. Could just be one, yeah. Oven on one. On one night, <laughs> one two nine. Oven onto one, one nine two, five. One a. So we're gonna put the the minute on one. Does the temperature even have a 9.5? Or do you want to put it on 195? My thought was temperature 195, but I don't know about time then. Yeah. You leave the time where it is and you try 195 degrees and you change it to setting A. And regardless of the time, a sudden burst of heat comes from inside the oven because that turns it on. Yes. Nice. Oh. So I cup my hands with blood water and I put my hands in the oven oh, with my. hot seeds, with hot seeds and eat them. <laughs> <laughs> what if we use the tray instead of instead of putting your hands in a hot oven? With all that la- all that ghost lamb? Hmm. Well, the lambs disappeared. Only the juices are left. <laughs> so we have. All right. Well, let's uh let's heat up this lamb juice. Ghost seed <laughs> juice. Actually, it's quite interesting as you pick up that tray again. Uh, that lamb juice is kind of congealing together in a strange way, and it actually is starting to look like letters. All right. What? Hmm. Okay. You see E D H B L E S A F R W Y. Huh. Well, I'm gonna say and that's it's not so that's like E D H is like across, and then below it is B L E across, and then below that is S A F across. It's not so much. It's more like they're just they're trying to be sort of evenly spaced mm. around, and so line to, breaks just happen where they have to happen. We have to rejumble these guys. It's a lot of letters for a jumble. Yeah, is, with only yeah. three vowels, that would be tricky. 
<laughs> That's true, true as well. A deplorable of heart to say, Swim. Well, then what's the point of these lamb juice letters? Well, we know we can... Can we... Let's just heat up the seeds first. <laughs> yeah, can we can we drink hot seeds real quick? <laughs> Is that a thing we can do? Um, so what what are you doing exactly? <laughs> <laughs> well, the question is, okay, so do we want to drink hot seeds or do we need something else to drink the hot seeds? <laughs> or do the seeds need hot drink? Uh, okay. Mm. So do you want to just fill this tray with blood water and then throw the water <laughs> all over the seeds? Maybe. Let's try it. Or do you want to? Or do you want to scoop up seeds uh, and water and put them in the yeah, oven? You can. You can certainly give this a try. So you try to take that tray and sort of scoop some blood water into it. Remember, I said that the blood had like come onto the floor and frozen in place there, so it didn't come towards you anymore. Mm -hmm. So it actually doesn't scoop. However, as you are trying this, you notice that some of the creepy, tendrily bits of blood also look like letters. All right. Do they now? Indeed. I would like to read those letters. So we have S-N-T-E-U-L-T-F-R-A-A-A. Sintultfra. What if we put seeds on the tray? I'm st am I stuck on this hot seeds thing or... There's got to be something to this, right? I th I think there is something to it, but I think we gotta we might want to figure out these letters, in whatever way we think that might be. Is there anything else we can do with the with this tray to get more letters? I think you're about done with it. Okay. Um, is there edible safe rye? <laughs> That's what Bill tried in the playtest. <laughs> edible safe rye. Bill Bill takes a packet out of his pocket of some edible safe fry and offers it to Kyle and Brandon. Starts, it's quite good. I, I crunch on it a little bit. It's, yeah, oh, it's very I'm good. Starving. Okay. It's a lot of words for a jumble, as we know. Yeah, I'm mm. terrible yes. with, with this kind of thing. And we also got to get Michelle happy again, because she deserves it. I'm not even sure it's possible. I gave her $15. <laughs> $15 didn't work. <laughs> she might just be spoiled. I'm just kidding. She's great. Yeah, she she's left now. She's gambling. <laughs> <laughs> she turned it into thirty ghosts already. Casino. Oh, I th I think I I think I got it. Okay, so if you if you write them out all horizontally in each group, and then you go back and forth between the groups, you've got S E N D T H E. B U L L E T S. Send the bullets far, far away. Oh gosh, forgot how to word. Okay, send the bullets far, far away. I'm glad you figured that out because I would have never done that. Thank you. We can't shoot the bullets far away because they don't do anything. So no. Bill throws the gun out the window. What if we threw the bullets in the spider pit? Because we can take them out, but then they eventually disappear. Mm. I'm going to feel so much less safe without our big, huge hunting rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Non-functioning. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's go throw that gun in the pit. But just the so... bullets. Well, the bullets go back into the gun, don't they, if you mm. take them out for too long? Maybe. That means you get a second try in case you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, you empty out all the bullets. 
Uh, you get Bill to throw them as hard as he can <laughs> down that At this that point, he's pit. at least 15 feet tall. It's very impressive. <laughs> Jeez. He has a condition for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some of the bullets fall all the way down the bottom, probably disturbing some spiders that have fallen down there. Oh. But um, a lot of them actually hit the spider webs and stick there. And there must be something strange about the composition of those webs because each bullet that hits a spider web suddenly explodes and leaves a dark powdery residue all over it. And there's an image that we're going to get you to look at. For people at home, this image is linked in the show notes below. For you guys, would you like to describe what you're looking at? I see an E. But it's a, it's, so it's like a spider web that's got kind of six lines coming out and then uh, lines connecting each section. And there's three kind of central <laughs> sections yeah, just, and then some of just, them are colored in. Yeah, it's a, it's a very traditional spider web. Well, I see a six and a seven. You see a six and a oh, oh okay. So would that be I'm trying a, to get numbers a three, for the a six uh, and a seven for the what? See the yeah the top that Cause, top cause one. Because certain like lines, certain sections are colored in that kind of can look like a like a digital clock type numbers. Right. Yeah. Mm. Like blocky. Well, it, could, it, could like it, it could be a nine. It could be if we're facing the center. Then yeah, it, it could be a one or a seven, and then a nine or a six. I mean, I guess depending on which way, and then. If we go the other way, I think it'd be a three. Yeah, I think I think you're right. If you're if you're if you're looking from the center of the web out, it's definitely a three. I think a seven and a nine. But what do you want to go clockwise? Go seven nine three. I think we're going smaller to bigger, or bigger okay. to smaller. I guess. So I think it'd be seven nine three or nine, three, three nine seven. Okay, let's go to that car box. To the car because box. This, this caused some contention in our play test. I will accept either. <laughs> but seven, 793 was the initial one. Yeah. You go up to that car box and you do what? Uh, put those numbers put in, in 793. The... You put 793 in the car box code. The box swings open. <gasps> we did it. Inside, inside this now bisected car, you find a mug and several full bottles of various alcoholic drinks. And finally Michelle can be happy. I think we can drink hot seeds now. <laughs> we can finally drink hot seeds. You got a mug. We can finally drink hot seeds, Brandon. So it's a mug and a bunch of booze? Yep. So can All we right, fill Brandon, I want you to take water? the lead on the hot drink seed mud part. Well, I still, I still don't know if we're meant to drink hot seeds or just pour this hot water on the seeds. <laughs> I mean, I think regardless, we should drink hot seeds and see what happens. Let's do it. Okay, how are you drinking the hot seeds? I guess we put uh, water in the mug, handful of seeds in that bad boy, throw it in now, the oven. Now remember, yeah, the water you can't get that anymore. Blood the, the blood water, water didn't want to. Yeah. All right, so we use the alcohol. Take that scotch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, so you've poured some scotch into the mug, and then what, Zark? <clears throat> throw some seeds in there. They're in my pocket. So I don't even. All right. Go back to the other you room. You put some seeds in there. Um, <laughs> stick the mug in the oven. I don't know. You stick your mug of seeds and scotch in the oven. And after a bit, before it becomes too hot to take out, you take it out. And it's definitely hotter now. In fact, it's actually kind of fizzing in a way that makes you really not want to drink it. 
And the more it fizzes, the more that option is actually taken away from you because it's bubbling and frothing up. And when it settles, what's left isn't really liquid. It's sort of like a cross between liquid and powder. It's, you know, one of those non-Newtonian substances. It doesn't feel like it makes much sense. But you tentatively touch it. It sticks to the tip of your finger. It covers it completely, but shows every detail of it. Like, you can see your fingernail in perfect detail. So we can make an impression of something on it. So where would we need that? What could we do with this The only thing that I think we haven't... Wait, do you think... What about in the treasure room? I wonder if Michelle would be able to interact with that go oh, make ghost impressions it. of some sort maybe we can try if she can't if she can't talk maybe that's the only way she can speak to us is part of part of michelle's whole thing is she's felt so invisible so we can just coat her in this stuff and we'll be able to see her i, I say it's worth a shot <laughs> can we can we put it into the ammo part of the gun yeah yeah blast that's a good <laughs> Like the Simpsons with the makeup gun? This is a horribly upsetting image. I want to allow it, except that it's pointing no, a gun at a five-year-old girl. This sad, poorly treated girl. So Bill kicks in the door and just throws this mug at a little girl, right? Is that what happens? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's say that's what happens. And as soon as that happens, you throw the contents of the mug at her, and the crying turns into a gasp, and... You're afraid that the powder's choked her. But when it settles, it settles over her body perfectly and makes a perfect impression of her. So for the first time, you can see her. She's a small girl in a plain old-fashioned dress. She's got wide eyes, curly hair. But there's definitely something wrong with her jawbone. It's as if her mandible has been severely underdeveloped and it looks like she's got a cleft palate on top of that. It's... Yeah, it's a whole lot of stuff that she's had to deal with there. She blinks her tear-stained eyes and she realizes that you're actually seeing her. She clasps her hand over her mouth in horror. She scrambles to her feet and she runs. She runs right through the nearest wall. And as you stare after her, the wall starts to shift and transform into another door. No funny pictures, just a door. Uh, we go through the door? You rush through the door after her, and as you do, a strange breeze passes behind you. You look back, and to your surprise, you're looking at the very first doorway you came through, the one leading down the stairs to the rest of the house. No other doors, no other rooms. All just an illusion. Now, looking forward, what you can see is the real attic. There's a dark, dusty room, only the faintest signs of life. There's a grey, moth-eaten pile of bedsheets in the corner, an empty mug and some stale breadcrumbs, a single window overlooking the garden, a vent in the wall, but none of these things strike you as important. The one thing that really stands out, sitting in the middle of the floor, is a game. It's old, but it bears a striking resemblance to Connect Four. You don't see Michelle anywhere. So either she's... Could she be... (laughs) Did our powder wear off when she went through the wall, or is she just not in this room, do you think? Yeah. Uh, can we look at the Connect 4 game? Or the game that might remind us of Connect 4? 
Yeah, so um, it's got, you know, all of those two like red and blue counters that fit into the grid, and we've actually got a picture of what the grid looks like for you. Uh-huh. All right. But, yeah, it looks very much like it. I assume you have a bit of an idea, at least, about how Connect 4 works. Oh. Yeah. Believe me, I know Connect 4. Excellent. So it's a 6 by 7 grid here. Are, and there are pieces for us to play? Yeah. Should we put a token in? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of where to start because it's, it's labeled here A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So I wonder if, we're, if we need to strategize. Yeah. When do we start dead center? Yeah. Would you prefer to be red or yellow? Your choice, Kyle. I'll let you choose. Boy, that's a big responsibility. Um, I'm going to say red because Mm -hmm. yellow is the color of happiness and we want her to be happy. Aw. All right. So you drop a red token into the center D column. And you wait for a moment. And then on the opposite side of the board the powdery ghost of Michelle appears and she picks up one of the yellow tokens and she puts it in the one beside it. She puts it in E. All right, let's crush this child at Connect 4. <laughs> do, do we throw the game, though, so she feels... Ooh, or do we yeah. de- defeat her? Maybe must we right. defeat ourselves? Mm. Well, let's just stack another one on D. Let's just see what she does, I guess. Let's go straight up. Yeah. I mean, she went E, so she has no options uh, to the right, really. All right. So you're going D again? Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Going up in a straight line. Great. She doesn't pause for very long before she goes E as well. E again. So she's going Uh right up next to you. I got got bad news for her. If we keep this up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Poor Michelle. Let's just keep it going until she stops us. <laughs> All right. So Kyle and Brandon now have a three a three stack high on D as Michelle has two on E and is about to play. She goes D to block you off. Okay. Ah. So she wants to win. She wants to win. Okay. She does want to win. Well, then you got it. Yes, yeah, so let's just go C. You go in C. Ooh, forming a nice diagonal here. It's the but coolest way to win. Mich- Michelle, being a five-year-old girl, doesn't know too much about diagonals. She just goes E. She's forming her straight line. Well, by doing that, she's blocked us anyway. Ah, oh, you're right. She's a genius. Well, then we've got to go E Do we to block stop her? her. Otherwise, she... And, unless we let her win. Do we want... I think we should just let her win. Okay, right. I'm going to go I... meta just for unless... a second, though. Okay. What escape room are you supposed to go in and lose a puzzle? The one where you're fighting against a five-year-old ghost girl. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I mean, I can, I can buy that. I can buy that it might be smarter to let her win. Who has fifteen dollars? Let's block her. <laughs> <laughs> she has our money. <laughs> I guess technically, as the heiress, it's her money. Yeah. Um. So are we are we winning? Or are we letting her win? Let's block her. I think I think you're right. We need to win this. All right. Yeah. Okay. You go eat a blocker. If she starts huh. crying, I'm going to be very upset, Brandon. <laughs> she doesn't start crying, don't worry. But she thinks hard about where she can possibly go next. And she goes all the way over to G, starting a new one. Bad move. So we, ha- we currently have three Ds, and then we have the fourth E, right? Yep. Uh-huh. You want to hit B? 
See if we can throw her off. Yeah, we definitely. Yeah. She can't. We win now. Yeah, yeah, you are unstoppable now. Yep. All right. Well, she goes A to block your four across. <laughs> well, then uh, look at this, Brandon. Look at this beautiful magic here. If we go C, we've got your favorite kind of win. We got the diagonal win. We've got that diagonal win. Uh, so we go C. You have got the diagonal win. Michelle's shoulders slump and she vanishes into thin air. Oh no. <laughs> we should have lost. Brandon! <laughs> we should have let her win. Okay, what have let's we done. We empty the tray and push her pieces back over to her side again, like, hey, let's go another round. Best two or three. You get no response, but try putting a token in. <laughs> okay, let's just start it. Let's do the same game again, but also but then also lose. Okay. Alright. So D. Yep, you start with D. Michelle goes E. What have we done? <laughs> Just keep stacking D. Let's go D. Yep. She goes E. D. She tries to stop you. Let's go F. Let's let's give her the diagonal win. Okay. All right, you go into F, setting her up for a diagonal. Well, she goes E, so she's now got three up on E. Well, we tried. I guess just go D again, right? Yeah, I think we go D again. Is this too yeah. obvious? Is she going to think that we're patronizing her? She's only five. <laughs> She's fine. Let's go. Let's go D and or no, let's go G because then it looks like we're still trying to do something. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. You go G. <laughs> it looks like you've made an attempt. She goes E and has four verticals in a row. Michelle oh, nice. wins. I, I forgot. Oh, about that. she's we, we so good. We never stopped. Good job, <laughs> Michelle. Can we? How did we miss for... that? She's so great. Yeah, we're both applauding. We're so proud of you. There's disbelief in her eyes as her token falls into place and she's defeated you. Her glance shifts between the game and the three of you several times, like she's waiting to learn what the joke is. But Aww. there's no joke and slowly she seems to realize that. Her small ghostly mouth opens what little it can. Culloden? She says uncertainly. You don't really know how to answer that, so you nod. She sits silently, contemplating you as hard as a five-year-old can. You don't blame her for hesitating after all that she's suffered. You have to be patient. And finally, she reaches out with one hand. Not to you, but to Bill. Stranger, she says, a little bit more confidently. Bill slowly reaches out, and although he can't touch her, he does what he can to make it seem like he's shaking her hand. Right, I'm not a Culloden. My name is Bill. It's it's nice to meet you, Michelle. The attic glows around you. Lights that you didn't even notice turning on with bulbs that looked long dead. The light shines and the scariness vanishes. And so does Michelle. The attic is silent. In the distance somewhere you hear a door creak open and footsteps. Matt, Neil and Jeff must have been released. The haunted house is still at last. She was never allowed to meet strangers. Her family stopped her meeting anyone from outside the manor, so she kept me out and kept you in. But you were kind to her, and managed to bring me inside so I could see her and talk face to face. You showed her that her family has changed. That's what she needed. Over the coming months, legal documents take over your life as you and the other Culloden descendants work to split what's left of the inheritance. 
Most of it went towards upkeep of the manor and the historical society, and you very graciously don't sue Bill for any of that money back. The only asset really worth anything is the manor itself, so there's a lot of back and forth about what to do with it. And eventually you agree to a sort of timeshare arrangement. Bill retains control of it as a museum in the tourist season, and the rest of you come and go as you please during the off-season. Sometimes when you pass the door to the nursery, you swear you can hear the sound of someone playing with the dolls. You don't want to interfere, but you always knock on the door before you keep walking, just to remind her that she's not alone. <laughs>